0: from the home offices of ash and flow this is unbillable hours a podcast about professional services marketing stick around and listen to our insights tips and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career
1: Welcome to this new episode of the Unbelowers podcast, hey, Flo. hey Ash. where we have a guest today, again, it's Charles Boutens, and I'll ask him in a second whether I pronounce that correctly or not. Charles, you're the founder and CEO of human.ai, which we discovered on LinkedIn. And it's a SaaS solution that promises to fix the proposal or bidding process for consulting firms by taking it into the 21st century. Could you elaborate on that a little bit?
2: Yes. Hi, Florian. Hi, Ash. You pronounced it close enough. It's Charles (laughs) or Charlotte Botens. Thanks for having me. To start off with a little bit of background and the story of how we came to Found Human, which will also take you a little bit through the challenges that we saw at consulting companies. So maybe my background is as a technical consultant in an AI role. So specifically a fast growing AI technology consulting firm, the consulting firm grew really quickly to over hundred, 200 people from the technical role. I went more into a pre-sales and sales role, basically to look at how can we scale that proposal process and bring all of the expertise that lives within the organization to the clients. We saw more and more inefficiencies in the whole pre-sales proposal process, chasing colleagues for information. Hey, where are our latest reference cases? What have we done in this industry for this client and so on? So these typical bottlenecks, challenges, which was impacting on the one hand, the efficiency of building those proposals, but also the quality. And then we actually took a step back and looked into, right, how can we tackle this? And so the typical ways that we saw most companies tackle this was, all right, we're going to build an intranet, we're going to restructure our folder base, we're going to put like an Excel reference sheet or whatever. So like these typical very manual processes, we actually noticed that they didn't scale properly. And so that's when we decided, all right, we really need to go and tackle this problem if we want to continue our growth and our efficiency and our margins in this whole pre-sales proposal process. What we looked at was that most of the traditional proposal sales enablement software all starts from the concept that you have to go and Take your existing information, upload them in a new tool, structure it in some way. And we saw like, hey, this is actually not really great in a consulting context because we already have all of this information. Like every project we do, every case we do for a client is new material that we should be able to access immediately. So with Human, we don't offer yet another tool where you have to go and upload and store and structure your documents. So we connect to the CRM system, to the SharePoint, Google Drive system, Teams, and so on basically where people are already collaborating, creating those documents. And then we use artificial intelligence to, first of all, bring structure to the chaos. So really organize everything automatically. Secondly, help you to manage the quality of the content, making sure everything is up to date, the best practices, the latest rate cards, the best references and so on. That's being managed at scale. And then finally creating powerful workflows to quickly reuse the best building blocks, the best slides, the best paragraphs, when you're actually building presentations, building proposals, building new pitch decks. It's not very short, but just to give you like the complete context. But
1: it's fair because you already teased some of the issues we're interested in. I'll get back to that in a second. And then you also answered a question I had in the back of my mind, which is how is this different? Okay, I understand yours is more a data integration layer. My stuff stays where it already is. No one has to implement a new tool, learn a new... UI or whatever, but it, it just assists me based on the data storage units I already have. That's cool. From the perspective of the marketer, never is the interest in the content our teams create greater than when someone has to hand in an RFP and the RFP asks for thought leadership. That's when you get the emails, oh, can you guys send me links to PDFs, which I should be fairly aware of these materials and be using them all the time, but obviously I wasn't.
0: Half of the time they need like client references that they don't even know where they exist. That's a key thing that they almost always need for these. Someone
1: has built the spreadsheet, And now Crocodile Tears, because obviously they did all this work, no one one
2: uses it. Especially in the early days when they haven't accumulated that much information, that much references, it can still pretty much happen by just people remembering from their minds to scale that team. So that commercial team, things become different because basically at that point, on the one hand, you might have already accumulated a lot of references, a lot of information, and you're starting to get a more of a disconnect between the people doing the actual project work, where basically your references are being built up, your expertise is being built up. And it's those things that you want to go and communicate to your clients. And then people in the commercial roles, they only have a limited view of what they can remember. So at that point, that transition point, is usually at around 250 200 people then we really see that it starts to impact efficiency quality and so on a lot
1: what is a good business result someone can get out of your software
2: one is definitely the efficiency and the speed at which you can build proposals reusing what's already out there and not reinventing the wheel you know we have some clients who actually speed up their proposal answering process 25 percent but of course that trickles down to other areas because if you can build them faster it has an impact on your cost of sales, your pre-sales cost, basically, that goes down. So there we see, you know, drops of five to 10% per Mm -hmm. opportunity. It can even impact your billability because oftentimes what we see right now in technical consulting companies, but also in management consulting firms, is that some people are being taken off of project work to build these proposals because you need increasingly more expertise throughout the whole sales process. And then if you think further, also win rates, of course, a huge amount of effort and time is invested in collecting information, basically asking colleagues, chasing colleagues, oh, this person is out of office. And what that ends up with is that you go to your client with proposals that miss some crucial information, but mainly yeah, it's all related to how can you build on top of the expertise, the information that's already been built and is being continuously built within consulting organizations.
1: I love that last point around the quality because Ash and I talk about this in, in a marketing context, following the walk before you run Logic, right? we still see lots of firms taking very very tangential case examples into pitch decks to a specific client i'm like well we're not even customizing orals presentations to the extent we should <laughs> so maybe let's yeah. let's stay off of the content customization on our homepage or whatever get the basics and so i think there's huge potential in that alone just build an rfp that is more tailored to the specific client
2: like if you look at the the sales enablement space basically if you look at It exists for over 10, 15 years now. In traditional firms where you have a fixed set of product offerings, let's say 10 to 15 offerings that are always the same, it actually bridges the gap between marketing and the salespeople, right? But if you look at who is content owner in those type of situations, it's always the marketing team who works out these offers, who makes them very crisp. And then basically uses sales enablement solutions to make sure that sales positions the offerings in the right way that
1: breaks down if you have complex services right
2: indeed that's exactly the case there's a big difference between traditional offerings and service companies the real thing that wins the deal is if you can say hey in your situation like this mainframe architecture that you have over here with this business logic well that's exactly the thing we've done at a client five years ago bring up that one reference slide that one thing, how you approach that. That's where true customization lies and where you start to shine as a trusted advisor. It really flips the script because it's not marketing who's like creating this content. It's actually your consultants, your people who are interacting with clients. You need marketing to have a way of then standardizing some of it. And so it's actually being able to access that information really rapidly, reusing it, turning it into something that's presentable to clients. I believe that's really where sales enablement from a consulting perspective differs
1: which is an interesting point but uh, ash did you want to say something or
0: no i was just thinking that this makes it easier for the sales enablement and offerings teams to work closely with marketing at the end of the day they're all working on the same assets they just build like millions of like stage zero decks as you and i know it when it comes to updating it when it comes to finding new content they're basically like struggling because they're like all right where do we get the references from where's the specific thought leadership who's still part of the team because these people keep rolling off
1: and that is also an age-old problem right just if yeah. the expertise stays in the head of people it suddenly becomes a who knows the colleague type of game and there's some yeah. solutions for that as well there's all these expertise graphs and networks but i think that's probably not the best way of doing it right
0: good examples when people leave and their OneDrive links are just dead because people forgot <laughs> to like figure it out, and that's a really common problem. Like, it it's like, sound like huge, a, yeah.
1: you sound like someone who's who's experienced that before. Do you want to? No, just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we all experience this consulting firms,
2: <laughs> yeah. and that's why we see that good information management, knowledge management is really at the core. From a, a sales perspective, you're building on top of the expertise you build up. From a marketing perspective, you want to go and leverage. What lives inside of the organization, the type of projects you do to go and build high quality content that you can then use for demand generation to put your trusted brand out there or to go and customize specific decks for clients and so on. So it all starts from that aspect. What our system also does is scan of all of your systems and identify which folders or team sites might be siloed. So basically it recognizes, hey, this team site, it has a lot of relevant content in there, like a lot of client materials and so on but only three people have access. Hmm. That could be a potential silo. And we saw, for example, that within a consulting organization, the the proposal building people, there was a a discrepancy between people who had access to like 70% of the files and other people who had only access to eight or 10% of the files. Those bottom end people were like blind in the organization. That danger remains if it stays in the heads of people, even if you know who the person is, if that person leaves the company, it's still gone.
1: That's maybe even a takeaway for all of us here. And I'm just speaking about myself personally. I was leading a global content marketing team. We had all our stuff in one place. Never once did I go out and ask this question your software asks do the people in my BD teams who should be using this, do they even have access to it? I mean, there were other no. systems in place. We dumped our stuff in search engines. There were all kinds of things. As a takeaway for a marketing person, if you are the same as I was a couple of years ago, maybe that should be something you could do even without any extra software installed. The ideal scenario would be that a consulting firm drives marketing efforts that are so strategic and different and well-executed that there is no proposal process (laughs) because the clients come to us, they come to us for a specific expertise. We have explained how exactly we work and so forth, almost like an e-commerce checkout process. That's not how it works, right? The consulting approach of it, so customizing things, having discussions, called it the pre-sales approach, that still has to come into it. I've been reading the same studies that buyers want to self-direct and 80% Mm -hmm. is digital and so forth by Gartner, and we've all seen them. I've read them for about 10 years, I think. My feeling is that eventually we're getting a bit closer to that in the consulting industry. There's a huge opportunity if you follow that trend, because yes, clients prefer to buying that way as it is. Lots of the old ways of working are still very much in place in the
2: business. If you look at the traditional businesses, indeed, like you don't want to talk to a traditional salesperson that explains why you need the solution, how the functionalities work. And the four out of five reasons why clients choose a consulting partner is related to the expertise. From a marketing perspective, you can actually start building that thought leadership in earlier stages so that people know not what your brand is about, but what your expertise is about, in which areas they should trust you. So it starts from your positioning, deciding on what you will focus on and what not. But I still believe that Once a client comes in, having that tailored approach, making sure that you can solve the problems for them, that's why they come to you for it.
1: That has to be there, right? I'm very critical of these ideas of productizing consulting services. What you end up with is a video course or a book, which is not what clients are buying, right? It's like me going to the doctor. I still want the individual diagnosis, 80% of it is the same.
2: I'm there for the 20%. And that's where marketing comes in. You know, that's where you need to build that thought leadership that as soon as they have that problem, you're like top number one of the list because they've heard you talk about it in so many different ways, senior references, but they want real life references from the challenges that you see.
1: What you think is important. You mentioned speed, which I think is an underestimated driver of win rates, like being quick in the response. We mentioned quality. How does the ideal proposal process run from your perspective? The RFP comes in and now how should it work or what should not happen?
2: Yeah, I think ideally, initially you already have some, as I said, space in the mind of the client and that's where marketing Mm -hmm. comes in, where you know that you've built that brand. Everything starts with understanding the client, really diving deep in like what is your business context? What's going on? Why are you trying to solve this? So really going deep into understanding your client. It's all about how can you build trust? Throughout the sales process or the proposal process, if you think about the things, speed indeed is an important one. How fast can you answer it? Because that shows that you can actually deliver in time, that you don't have to reinvent stuff, but that you can build on past experiences.
1: We, in a previous
2: episode, talked
1: about how so many client case studies, they are just bragging studies, right? They're just, oh, here's Mm. a big logo and look how many consultants we deployed to do something which from a reader's perspective, literally adds zero value. If, mm-hmm. if you were able to give me like, oh, cool, I can learn something from this case alone, I could totally see said prospect at least invite you next time around because you added value with the proposal itself, even if you didn't win the bid for some other reason. But you've shown that we're not bragging about past achievements. We're educating you with the stuff we're giving
2: you. If you talk about marketing, how can you educate your audience and not with bragging, but with real life, on the ground, expertise, examples, industry knowledge that your consultants are basically building up Throughout the sales process, that's where quality really comes from. Good knowledge sharing, information management across those flows. To be able to build on top what's already out there is the key to success and to scaling faster.
1: I think that's a perfect place to maybe leave it. If, as marketers, you are interested in the hard conversion point of building proposals, you should pursue that interest. Maybe talk to the people who usually do that in your firm. If there's things in this process you can improve. From your end then maybe do those and if then you're at some point ready to really do it at scale and maybe in a as i understood it highly sophisticated automated way human might be worth checking out where should we point people to charles
0: Uh, just before you go into that direction we'll also need to add lots of times marketers don't connect the whole thing with sales in terms of like tracking what the effect of their work does and this is the way Especially using human and others, that they can actually do that.
1: Exactly right. Thank you very much. Break the
0: silos. Break the silos. Yeah. Yeah. Tightening
1: the alignment there will help you with your reporting, right? Because you can have a line of sight through from I created this report to someone actually used it in this pitch and here's how it helped. Yeah. You're right. That information often gets lost. In closing, before you go, where can people find out more about Mm -hmm. human and your guys' tools?
2: Yeah, so we share a lot of insights on LinkedIn. So you can definitely follow me on LinkedIn or the company page. Also on our website, human.ai, we try to be as transparent as possible on how the product works. But you can also schedule a demo over there. We'll be in touch and explain everything. Those are two good places to go.
1: So if you have 200 consultants or more in your practice, but you want to rent that up, maybe do pay a visit.
0: Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us.